laid on your hearts. Thank you, Pastor. It's good to be here. Your Bible's Luke chapter 8, and while you're looking there, I thought of that song the brother was singing, I believe, I know what Jesus did for me. I had to think about it back some years ago at the Greensboro Bible Institute in the spring Bible conference leading up to graduation. The Church Street Baptist Church sung that choir. The church was packed. We had a big student body then. And they, the, the Church Street Baptist Church choir sung that song. And they must have sung the chorus eight or nine times because the student body wouldn't let them quit. Every time they'd get to the end, the pianist would quit hitting the note. And somebody in that student body, they were all on their feet, would start that course again. I'm glad to know what Jesus did for me. Amen. March the 30th, 1970, over in the state of West Virginia in the coal fields in a small church about this size, maybe not as big as this one, he came to me. Jesus came by. And tonight I want to pre uh, today I want to preach on this subject when Jesus comes. Amen. Something about Jesus. We can't talk about anybody any greater than the Lord Jesus Christ, can we? Nothing any greater, no one any greater we can talk about. We can think about all these others through history, and they're all gone, but Jesus shall be here forever. Amen. Jesus and his bride, the church. And so today we're going to look at three men in the book of Luke. Three men that have something in common because Jesus came to them. They were three different distinct men. One was wild, one was weary, and one was wandering. Now you think about that. You may have been wild, or you might be here today. You may be living a wild and rumptious life. You may be weary. You think it's all over with. And you may be wondering. You don't have the answer. Well, I'll tell you, when Jesus comes, he can take care of that. Amen. And so let's pray. Father, thank you again for this day you've given us. Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, who died on Calvary for our sin. Go with us, our Father, throughout this hour. Thank you for this church, this pastor the friendship and the privilege we have to be here. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now we're talking about homecoming. I'm just thinking this is the third homecoming I've preached this summer. May, June, and now August. And in between, I preached at one church over in Hinton, West Virginia on the 30th of July, and they had a church picnic afterwards with plenty of grilled hamburgers and hot dogs. You say, I bet that's great. Well, you see, if I was here in January, remember, and, and uh, presented the mission work, and I might look smaller than I am now because in December, they took my stomach and made it about that big. And since last uh, April 18, uh, 2018, I've lost 128 pounds. So I can't get much down on homecoming, but I try. And if I try too hard, I get sick. So, uh, But you enjoy it. I'll enjoy you enjoying, but I'll find something to eat. And, uh, and and so on. And so, you know, you, you go to all these places. We had to go. We have been in West Virginia yesterday uh, over near Charleston area where we're from. We had a family wedding to attend there. If we hadn't attended that, we'd have attended a family homecoming uh, reunion. But we had to go to this wedding. 
And so we drove, we, we spent last night in Roanoke and got to drive through the country this morning coming over here. But uh, uh, they had some of the best beef barbecue you could ever get a hold of. I remember a day I could have cleaned them out. But I just had a taste or two of it. But it was good. And, uh, and so on. We was talking about fried chicken back there this morning. Somebody said they didn't like chicken. Well, uh, you, you can't get sanctified to eat chicken. I mean, you know. <laughs> Somebody said, how'd you know you was called to preach? I said, I woke up one morning too lazy to work and craving all the chicken stood a certain part of it. And I love that. But God's good. Now here we have a man here in, uh, in Luke chapter number 8. And began reading with verse number 26. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house. But in the tombs, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him. And with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God, most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. Now notice this man, he is in a wild condition. He is here among the tombs. What a place to be, to go out here and just dwell in the graveyard or the place. He was so wild that they could not contain him. He could not be held down regardless of how strong the shackles were. He could break them. He had unusual strength. Why? Because he was demon possessed. Not just one or two demons. Some say 2,000. But looking up the uh, what a legion of soldiers was in the Roman army uh, usually consisted of 6,826 soldiers. 6,100 foot soldiers and 726 horsemen. Now that is a powerful man uh, that would equal that number. He could break about anything he wanted to break. You see, the only person that has power next to God is the devil and he can't do it all. Now God can do it all. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. But remember this. That nobody but Jesus is a match for Satan. Amen. We can't overcome him. But with him, all things are possible. Amen. And this man is in such a condition, he is, he is going around with no clothing on. He's wild. People stay away from him simply because he cannot be contained. But Jesus comes. And when they see Jesus, what does they say? They come to him and see him. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered to him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. Now, you know what these demons thought? Judgment day had arrived. You see, there's a day of judgment coming for the devil and his group. These fallen angels that, that followed him back before time ever was. Back before, we don't know for what reason Lucifer had the greatest job of, of, of the three archangels. He had the greatest position, and that was to give glory and honor to the throne of God. What a position to be in, and to bring light to that, to show that. But he decided he wanted that himself. And out of that, he got a third of the angels to follow him, and God busted him down in rank. The devil's not in hell today. Don't you try to think he's down there running around with a long tail, pointed tail and horns, and a pitchfork and all this stuff. He's at the throne of God finding fault with me right now because I'm calling him out and showing who he is. 
That's where he's at. Revelation chapter 12 says he's, he's there day and night bringing accusation against the saints of God. Uh, we find him there in the book of Job and you find him there in the book of the Revelation. But one day he's going to into a lake of fire. They thought they were, it was time of judgment that they were going to be put into an abyss where there are more wickeder spirits. And that abyss, that bottomless pit, of course, during the after the tribulation, and Jesus sets up his thousand-year millennial reign upon this earth, the devil's going to be existing in that bottomless pit. And then we'll be released one more time to bring up just a one more time against God and then the final judgment against him and his group. And for all who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ in the forgiveness and pardon of sin. My friend, if you're not saved today and never get saved, you will stand trial with the devil. You will see sentence committed to you with the devil. Think about that. This man's wild. And if these demons say to him, to save time from reading, would you just cast us into those swine over there? Now the swine was a dirty creature, you see. The Jews wouldn't even, they didn't eat pork. I mean, it was unclean food to them. God had told them that, but uh, we see this swine is... Uh, and of course, today it's all right to eat anything that God's blessed. He told Peter what God has cleansed, let no man call common unclean. When he gives Peter orders to eat it there in Acts chapter 10 before he's going to go into the house, the Gentile house of Cornelius. And said, uh, you, you, you eat it because you're probably going to get it offered to you there, you know, just bless it. And uh, so they said, send us into that. And, and, and he commits them into the swine, that herd of swine. And they don't want anything to do with it. They run violently into the sea and choke themselves before they would have anything. You know, animals have more sense than humans do. When I was growing up, I'm, I'll be 76 next month. When I was a kid, we had mad dogs. Not rabbit dogs, mad dogs. Rabies were big. I mean, dogs all of a sudden just go crazy. Start foaming at the mouth and trying to kill themselves. Uh, headbutt themselves into a tree trying to kill themselves. Somebody slip up and knock them in the head and put them away. Demons. The humans got the demons today. We're a demon-possessed nation. What happened yesterday in two great places? Demonic movement yeah we're in these days that we have given the devil our, hey we as a nation listen don't look to the other side of this Christian let me tell you we need to be on our knees Daniel was a praying man Daniel was a man we find no fault but if you read Daniel chapter 9 he gets down and he talks to God as if he is the sinner and he, was, he said we have turned from you we have quit doing this we we and that's what the church needs today is the church has to come together and God's people begins to pray against the wickedness forces of hell Amen. and so here we see that and he suffered them to go and they committed suicide now somebody said uh, country ham wasn't good for you well I think anything uh, <laughs> hey listen if a pig don't want nothing to do with the devil, I want something to do with the pig. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I can't eat much country ham anymore, but I can sure 
you know, I'll eat a little bit of it. That's God's blessing. But what's the results? After this man gets rid of these demons, he's found clothed and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Boy, they said, come see this man. What's happened? And you thought they'd have been happy. You'd have thought they'd have said, my, my, my. Boy, thank you. We don't have to live in fear. We can come back and visit the tombs again. And, and, and pay homage and respect our loved ones that's passed on. We, uh, you know, you wouldn't want to go down on Memorial Day to the cemetery and maybe put some flowers there on one dear friend, your loved one, your mom, your father, whatever, that's passed on, maybe with the Lord, and, and, and knowing that some wild person lived there, and now they got their speech. But get out of here. We, you've caused us a problem. We've lost commerce in the pigs that got killed. I'm afraid today a lot of God's people are involved in stuff they don't need to be involved in. And a lot of the world today is putting up with all this just for the money out of it. But here we see that the whole multitude came out. And this man wants to go with Jesus. But Jesus says, stay and tell what great things God has done for thee. Amen. And so he becomes a witness. Because when Jesus comes back, it says that Jesus returned. He came back again. It came to pass, verse 40, that when Jesus was returned, with the, pe the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. Now, I don't know how long it was before Jesus came back. It couldn't have been long because his ministry was only about three and a half years. But when he came back, there were results from the witness of Legion. There were results. I can imagine those people, the more every day they saw the change in his life, the more they said, I want what he's got. <coughs> That's what it takes today. Amen. Look in chapter number 18. <laughs> chapter 18, verse 35. Now we talked about a man that was wild. We're going to talk about one that's weary now. See, that's what you are. That's the condition you're in when you're lost. When I was lost, I was wild. I was weary. I'm going to tell you, the, the things of the world doesn't bring true rest and peace. Amen. It may seem like it. I want to tell you, it doesn't bring it. Right. I've done been there, I know. All here are saved can tell you that. Christian, let me say this. Don't ever forget where God brought you from. Amen. Too many today act like they were never there. I see things going on in the world I used to do, and I think I was there once. It wasn't fun when I look back at it. My wife and I stopped at an armor shop in Salem last night, got something to eat late last night. A lady come in there, and I knew she was a harlot. I've seen too many harlots in my day. I used to work in the filthy clubs of the world before I was married, before I was ever saved. I was in the service, got out of the service. I used to work in those places. I used to work around the harlots. She had a peaceful life. 
Jesus can take care of their life. This man's weary. Verse 35, And it came to pass as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. They told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by, and he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they, went uh, and they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much the more, Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought into him and said, When he was come near, he asked him, saying, What will thou, that thou shalt do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said to him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight and followed him, glorified God and all the people. And they saw it, gave praise unto God. Now they tell us later this man's name was Bartimaeus. But he's sitting here begging. He's blind. He cannot see. And he hears that Jesus passes by. And he cries out for mercy from Jesus. And the people rebuke him. Don't ever be guilty of rebuking somebody for wanting Jesus. These little children, if they come, let them come. They may not understand it, but eventually they will. I'm glad my mother sent me to church and took me to church when I was a kid. I may have went out and did some terrible things in my early adulthood and later teens and so on. But I never, never forgot those things I was taught. Those times of the children singing and, and those times of Sunday school and Bible school. Sometimes three a summer I would go to because they were fun. But the thing was there was something put in there that one day the Holy Ghost took it and convicted my heart. This man's weary. He's by the wayside. That means he wasn't on the main road. When I was going up to Charleston, West Virginia area, they had beggars on the street. Of course, now, since everything's got out of town, downtown, you'd have the beggars at the interstate exits now, you know. But these guys were beggars. There was a blind man who used to sit on this one cross street called Fife Street and played a banjo with a tin cup on his knee. And my grandmother knew who he was. She told me how he got blind. But there were some that were just phonies. There wasn't nothing wrong with them. But they had certain streets. There was only certain streets they could beg on. And there wasn't the main streets. Capitol Street was where all the stores were before malls came on. That was the big street. Uh, I mean, you, uh, listen, that's where the peanut shop was. You could smell them peanuts a mile away, you know. But all the big stores were there on Capitol Street. Uh, Summer Street was where the bus station was. You know what kind of street that was. All the dives were there. That's where the beggars were. Or Lee Street was another one that went this way. But you didn't beg on Capitol Street. Policemen come along. You knew where you're supposed to be. You need to get over there. This man was by the wayside. But I don't care where you're at, Jesus can come by. <laughs> Even John chapter 4, I preached the other night, the church the other night, when Jesus comes. Listen, John chapter 4, he must needs go through Samaria, and no Jew really ever went through Samaria. But Jesus did. He was a different Jew. He went through Samaria. How you know he was a Jew? The woman called him one. He didn't say I'm a Jew. She said, how you being a Jew speak to a Samaritan like me? You know we don't deal with one another, talk with one another. But see, this was different. This was one that had something for her soul. We could put her in this crowd. 
But here he comes by and this, this man cries out for mercy. Even though they rebuke him, have mercy on me. And he gives him his sight. And it says this man becomes a worshiper. And immediately he received his sight and followed him glorifying God and all the people. And they saw it. Gave praise unto God. Uh, it's just like I said, that song, uh, that night that choir sung that song. I know what he did for me. And, the, and, the, and they were giving glory to God. And then that student body began to give praise to God. If you truly glorify and praise God, there will be others that will give it. All of a sudden he's not a beggar anymore. He's a worshiper. But then I want you to look at chapter 19, right below it, chapter 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich, and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was a little stature. That means he was short. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that's a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man, by false accusation I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation. Come to this house for more, says he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is coming to seek and to save that which was lost. Now we have a completely different character. We don't have a man that's wild. We don't have a man that's worried. We have a man that's very wealthy. But he's wondering. His mind's still not settled. He's heard about Jesus. And he's wondering about Jesus. He's heard about him. And he has to climb up in a tree to see him. So he's not in the tombs. And he's not by the wayside. But he's up a tree. Because he heard Jesus was coming by. I wonder how he heard about Jesus. Well think about these two men we've already talked about. You see, he was a chief of the publicans. Now, you know what the publicans were? The publicans were Jews who favored the Romans. They collected taxes, and anything they could charge above what was due the Romans, they got. So they had no mercy. Money was their God. Wonder one day if he came by a house, and the lady of the house with the children said, we have no tax money. You know the case of my husband. He's unusual. He's so wild, the only place he can live is down there in the graveyard. <laughs> well, you don't have any next time I come through, the house is mine and the government's. He goes by another one and says, you know, we have nothing. Bartimaeus isn't able to work. He's blind and he's not begging. He, he's begging. He can't get enough to pay the taxes. Give you 30 days. But let's put one more person in there we haven't mentioned. You see, what I said, he was the chief of the publicans. He was like a pyramid scheme. He was at the top and he got a cut of what the other publicans got. And he had one by the name of Levi. 
who set it to receipt of custom. Now, he just didn't go out collecting. He sat there, and you had to pay to bring goods into the country. I'll tell you, I travel, and, in, and especially it's gotten so bad now going into Nigeria to Lagos Airport, the biggest airport in this country, biggest city. They've got, got people in their uniform now. You just about got to give them 20 bucks to get by them, or they're going to go through everything you've got. I mean, it's just it's become a racket. Everybody's got the handout. They require you to have so much police security for the meetings in one area I go to uh, that we have to cut them short sometimes because it's just the cost gets up there. It's just everything. Gets up. This man, Levi, he's a publican. He is a, a receipt of custom man. He is making it. But one day Jesus comes by and looks at Levi and he says, come, follow me. He doesn't even check the account out. He doesn't settle the books. He gets up immediately and follows Jesus. He's a Jew, of course. He's a publican. You know him more as Matthew who wrote the gospel about the king of Jews. <laughs> I imagine that could have stirred Zacchaeus more than anything. And Zacchaeus is wondering. <laughs> I was invited to a revival in March of 1966 to the church I'd eventually be saved in. An old guy was preaching. He was a fire and brimstone preacher. And I'd heard about him. My dad would talk about him. After years later, when I met my wife, a year later, and, uh, and found out her dad was friends with him. Her dad was a preacher. But this guy was, he, I mean, he'd tell it like it was. I said, I'll try to come. My cousin called me up. It was my dad's first cousin. She called me up. I'll try to come. I didn't go. But four years later, I found out he was preaching there, and I'd always wondered about him. <laughs> and some said, didn't you want to hear him? And I went. And after a week of attending, I got saved. Because I was wondering. I was weary. I was wild and I was tired. I was wanting something in my life. And worldly pleasure could not give it to me. I hung on to that. Till one night the man preached about three guards that the devil has. They were extending the revival and they went into an extension. And I didn't want them to stop the meeting. But I didn't want to let go of the worldly pleasures of the world. But the man got up and preached. He said, well, I can't tell you where the text was, what the title was. But he said, we'll talk about these three guards. And I can't tell you what the first one was and the second one was. He said, but this third one keeps more people out of heaven than anybody. And it's a guard of worldly pleasure. Boy, that hit me. And when he got done preaching, for, he said, stand to your feet. I was already at the front of the church. I was wanting God. <laughs> Jesus passed by that night. Amen. Jesus came. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house today. And this wandering man came down while Legion was a witness and Rabbis was a worshiper. This man became a worker. He said, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Well, he's willing to give double what was required if I've taken anything. Jesus said, listen, can't you see that bunch of religious Pharisees? Oh my goodness, this is the worst of all of them. And he's going to go to his house. He said, I must come to your house today. He said, listen, this is a child of Abraham. Remember again, I don't care how sinful somebody was before God saved them. 
If God has saved them, they're a child of God and they're to be loved and accepted and prayed for and lifted up. People say, I'll remember how they used to be. Well, that's fine. But don't act like they're still doing it. Remember what they are now. I remember Deacon in my church, his brother died. I know a lot about his brother. So I'd met him. He's a nice guy. And so I asked the Deacon's wife, I said, well, uh, just what was she? said, well, I'm going to tell you one thing. He's not what he used to be. <laughs> he had a peace about his life. That was good to hear. You see, this man became a worker. Here's what Jesus can do for you, what he did for these three. One got settled, he wasn't wild anymore. One got his sight, he wasn't blind anymore. But you know what the third one got? He got his priorities right. Jesus was first. He was no longer after the dollar. I can imagine he went back and you could see those others. He went back and here's a man working in the yard. Do I know you? Yeah, I'm Legion. We was never here. Yeah. But I'm here now because of Jesus. And then there's Bartimaeus. You were blind. Yeah, but now I see because of Jesus. And then, of course, hey, Levi, you didn't even tell me you was retiring or resigning. I didn't have time. Jesus said, come follow me, and I did that. <laughs> you can't take time. Jesus said, let him, uh, uh, look back, look, put his hand to the plow and look back. When one said, I'll follow you if, if I can go back and wish these goodbye and all. He's not worthy of the kingdom of God. The moment God convicts you, friend, it's time to get saved. Where are you at with Jesus today? What a great time to get saved on a homecoming service. Isn't that wonderful? I always like this. One set alone beside the highway bagging. His eyes were blind, the light he could not see. He clenched his rags and shivered in the shadows. Then Jesus came and bade his darkness flee. When Jesus comes, the tempter's power is broken. When Jesus comes, all tears I, all fears I wiped away. He takes the gloom and changes the heart to gladness. For all is changed when Jesus comes to stay. And he does stay. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed as Jesus came into your life today. That's what I want to challenge you with. If not, Carson, we're going to have a verse of invitation. Pianist, I want you to come. What a day to get saved. Homecoming. And then you'll see you're headed for a new home called heaven. Would you do that? Father, take the message. Apply it to hearts. The Holy Ghost has to do the work. Father, we're just the spokesman. Thank you for this day, this service. Thank you for Jesus coming by. In his name we pray. Amen. Pastor, you come take the service.